What if you could say an all-in yes to yourself for 2022? What if you could commit fully to the things you said you were going to do, to the vision that you have, and to be in the room with a mentor who will hold you accountable, cast an even wider vision for you, and give you the strategy, tools, tactics, and support to ensure that these things come to fruition. Welcome to the iconic experience. Oh, just like comes out of me from the depths of my soul, this program, if I can even call it that. It's just not. That's why it's called the iconic experience. It is an experience. And it is one of the biggest gifts I've ever put out into the world. You are going to be part of a mastermind, a high level executive roundtable of perfectly welcomed in and invited in souls who will collaborate with you and network with you and stretch you and share ideas and all the goodness that comes out of a mastermind is so extraordinary. So you're going to have that every month. You're going to have group Voxer. So that mastermind stays active and you can drop in and ask questions and really share with one another and build deep, meaningful relationships. And on top of that, I thought, what could I do to expand this beyond something that I've seen out there in this world? And that is you have a full iconic experience by welcoming yourself into the rooms of everything I launch live in 2022. So you do not need to contemplate whether you should or do I want to invest. You get to sit back and receive for the entire year as the result of a single yes to yourself. One yes gets you a mastermind for the entire year full of really wicked women, group Voxer with these same women and myself, and you walk in the room for all the live coaching programs that I launch in 2022. You're just in. You're in the room. So this is really for the woman who is ready to lead, lead herself, lead her business, lead her life. And if this sounds like, ooh, it's a prayer I've been asking for, and I just want to say yes to something and just enjoy the experience versus looking constantly for the next thing, the next answer, the next coach, oh, the confusion, the chaos, the energy that is expended through that. Welcome to the iconic experience. You can come into the DMs tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for. For me, confidence is really about being unapologetic for who I am. And I embrace that by walking through life and being myself. That language to me is so cliche and generic, and it's taken me a really long time to just accept that it's not actually the semantics of it, but it's a way of being and feeling and walking and and holding myself. Because it's so true that the most exhausting thing we can be is to show up as someone else, right? If I want to be like you, that's going to be really tough for me. So the moment that I release from the universe and my energy that I want to be anything but myself, I suddenly feel confident because I'm not trying to prove to anybody anything else. And so it's funny that at the age of 48, the most confident I have become is because I sit in a space of, I'm not all-knowing. I'm not the master. I'm not the expert on everything. But I can come to the table here with you today and give you me. 
Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Icons. I have an icon here today. I am so excited to get to know Christina, but also to share her with you. We're all getting to know her at the same time within this community. Christina Glickman is here. She's a mom and an upcoming TEDx speaker, and she's also an author of the new best-selling book, Extra, The Art of Being. She is speaking about confidence today with us, and Christina is somebody who I was actually turned on to from a mutual friend, Peyton, who has been on the podcast before. And I didn't tell you this yet, Christina, we were starting and I wanted to hit record because I wanted you to hear this firsthand is when I came across your Instagram handle, I immediately felt like, I don't know, inspired, but also open. Mm. I think it's very easy in our industry, in the world of coaching and mentorship to be inspired by people and almost start to recreate Mm -hmm. versus standing out as an individual. And I saw you and your fashion and your beauty and just this unique style. And I see it from the inside out that really elevated me in the moment It sparked in me this realization of, I get to be that too. I get to be someone who stands out in her uniqueness and her special gifts. And it really did start to reveal quite a few things through me. And I just need to first of all say thank you. Thank you for showing up the way you do, because I am a different human from witnessing you. So I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. That is beyond kind. I'm honored and privileged to be here. When I got to know you a little bit, just through the optics of social media, I was continually in awe of what you have built and who you are. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. It's a joy. And we are going to talk about confidence today. And I know that is something you really love to jam out on and is something you're an advocate for, for female leaders and entrepreneurs. And I am really excited to dive deep because it is something that I know I aspire to embody. I also love to be a teacher and a guide for others to embody confidence, but I don't know if we always really talk about what actually is confidence. What is the goal or the end goal? And I'd love you to share with us if you have sort of an idea or a description of that for us to maybe cast the vision. Sure. And I will say for those, for those that know me, I'm a little bit like the wild west. I'm never scripted and nothing you hear from me is ever manufactured or engineered. So if you ask me this tomorrow, I may say something different. However, for me, confidence is really about being unapologetic for who I am. And I embrace that by walking through life and being myself. That language to me is so cliche and generic, and it's taken me a really long time to just accept that it's not actually the semantics of it, but it's a way of being and feeling and walking and and holding myself. Because it's so true that the most exhausting thing we can be is to show up as someone else, right? If I want to be like you, that's going to be really tough for me. So the moment that I release from the universe and my energy that I want to be anything but myself, I suddenly feel confident because I'm not trying to prove to anybody anything else. And so it's funny that at the age of 48, the most confident I have become is because I sit in a space of, 
I'm not all knowing. I'm not the master. I'm not the expert on everything, but I can come to the table here with you today and give you me. And that has to be enough. And it may, and let's say it's not, let's say we do this and you're like, oh, why'd I have her on? What was she all about? No one's dying. My family still loves me. We're all going to march forward and that's okay. But if I hold with this such a weight and a heaviness that I have to come to the table as something that's not me, I'm going to fail every time. And that's a state of anxiety and stress that I don't want to live with. I spent many years trying to be somebody I wasn't in order to have credibility and validation. And I do think some of it is seasons of life and age, and that's a gift. But showing up today as who you are, period, has to be enough. It has to be good enough. Because if it's not, we're in a constant chase and I'm white knuckling it. And I don't want to live with that energy. I just don't. And the only way some of us are born with more confidence DNA, if you will, than others, but it's a muscle that we exercise. And one that I have found that when I do work with women on it and we get to reflect and talk that it can be strengthened. And let me be clear. I work on it every day. I don't think I'll ever achieve it until the end of the road here, or I don't even know if I'll achieve it, but It is something that is purposeful and intentional, and I am a work in progress. Mm, I love that. I've actually been speaking lately about performative personas, Mm -hmm. and it was a coach that I had that turned the mirror, Mm -hmm. and it was our very first call, and she said, I cannot continue the call with you. You're showing up performative, and I want to know the real Jen. And I remember at the time, because I was, I was a little crushed because I was, I would, she called out the truth. I was very intimidated. I want to impress her. I wanted to show up as my best self. And what I did was completely hide who I really was because I was putting on this performance of trying to impress. So I love that you have brought that up because I do agree with you. Like when we just relax and like sink into our essence, and who we are, that's when I feel like everything gets to shine even brighter. And isn't that so hard though? Because there's the fear. If you really get to know who I am, will you still like me? Will you still think highly of me? Am I good enough? And so the only way for me to operate these days, because again, I can think to myself of a meeting I had last week that if you asked me, was I being performative? Probably because I was trying to show you I was smart because I was intimidated, Right. right? But then I know better, right? And so the next time I show up, I'm like, you need to be good enough in the room just as is. Mm. And so, like I said, it's a work in progress, but the idea that you can bring to the table, these conversations to me is really your gift. Because when we talk about it, not only does it take away sort of like the shame of it, or a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it. And it's not until you step outside yourself and you realize the freedom in it that you're like, gosh, why did I pretend? Or why did I? And it is, it's all, we can point to a million reasons why it's human nature. But it's so liberating when we can get to that place. And that's that's true confidence, right? Which is, I'm going to show up just as me and I like it and I'm okay. Mm. What do you think the biggest confidence breaker is? Gosh, again, my gut reaction is other people, right? Because we seek validation and permission from everyone around us at all times. It's what we do. If I'm talking to you and you're lifting me up and you're saying, you're so great, Christina, and why don't you write 10 other books and I can't wait. And the next conversation is with somebody that says, wow, I found nothing in that book. Who are you to be doing these things? Suddenly I am crushed. So if my foundation of myself is not stable and strong, I'm not going to make it out there. You know, and that's why I would say like, we need to like sort of stay in our lane, understand that we need to honor that relationship first with ourselves. And that's the one that's most important, but that's hard. That's so hard. You can bet 
every call I have, every meeting I have, I'm evaluating. Did that person like what I said? Was I good enough? I think the difference between sort of where I am today and those feelings is it doesn't paralyze me from moving forward and it doesn't stop me from doing what I want to do. I still have those feelings. When people say to me, well, you're so confident. Why would you feel that? It's like, that's a total lie. If you think that I'm not also worried about, you know, is my double chin showing? Am I, you know, did I not say something smart enough for the room? Like, I don't know. I think that's somebody not telling the truth. If you can completely be stripped of that. I feel like too, it's like, this is such a good conversation because it's when people say to me, I don't care what people think. And I think to myself, "Mm, I don't love that statement. I get it. I get what they're saying is they're saying that, you know, what other people's opinion of me is I'm not attached to it. Okay. I love that. But if we don't care what people think, that means we also don't care if we're showing up with grace and service and love. So it's a half truth. It's not a full truth to me. And so I love though, that what you're saying is when we're comparing and when we're trying to get validation outside of ourselves, that's when our confidence starts to break because we are so dependent on people telling us we're doing a good job and we're not doing it for ourselves. Right. And I love what you just said about, I don't care what people think. I think I used to say that in my twenties as a defense mechanism, you know, like, well, I don't care what anyone thinks. I would also say that that shuts down our curiosity and opportunity to learn from others because a lot of times we don't want to hear things that are true. So for me, I'll never say, I don't think I'll say, I don't care what other people think, but I'm just going to turn that narrative onto, I'm so confident in what I think that I can evaluate it through the lens that is healthy for me and know what relationships in my life are possibly toxic, you know, all the things. But again, I think that we all do our very best. And sometimes there's statements we hold on to because it protects us. It protects us. I agree. I, t- I totally agree. Does confidence come with age though? Because I am in my early forties as well. And I always say, if I only knew today, you know, where would I be if I had known some of this, I guess, healing and acknowledgement of myself in my thirties. And I look at some 30 year olds, especially in our industry. And I think, wow, you are so much more progressive than I ever was in terms of personal growth and like wound healing, et cetera. Is it an age thing? Oh, I think age is the biggest gift. Mm. I think that embracing the season of life that you are in. And I also think, cause I will look at somebody that is in a, a community that I run and they're 25 and have more confidence than I ever, ever had at that age. And I think, wow. And I think it's a beautiful thing, but I will also say that we are all in the exact moment of time. And I know you believe this, that we need to be for now. So Mm -hmm. I don't believe that I could actually be here without the stumbling blocks and the lack of confidence and, and all of the things. So it's more like appreciating that road. And I also know that I'm sitting here talking today, but in five years, I'm going to look back and be like, who is that? You know, and, and that's just kind of the journey. Right. And so it's, who on that path, right, that I get to become and and that version of myself that I like. But I think that that version has to be messy and ugly too. I don't know if I would have been prepared to use it in that way. If I knew today what I did then, that could also be my lens of, I write good narrative in my brain for that. That's how I think I can be very positive every day. I always feel like, no, it's part of building me. It's part of where how it should happen for me. And then the knowing that my path is my own and so different than anyone else's. Beautiful. 
Oh, I like that. Cause I do believe that there it's like a fine wine. I do believe we get better with age. I am really enjoying it. I didn't think I would. I thought I would be very fearful of the number and I'm just really not at all. And I feel younger and more vibrant than I ever have. So you really start to understand how age really is just a number. It is how you feel and how you live your days and With that maturity, though, does come this element of being able to see things a little bit more clearly than maybe a younger version of myself or yourself. So how does the line, though, go from confidence into arrogance? Because I know a lot of women listening in, this is either a narrative that we've bought into, or maybe we've even witnessed somebody who is so overly confident, it becomes arrogant. So how do we meet or how do we become relaxed into wanting to be confident with and removing that fear of what if I become arrogant or boastful? I think one thing that you touch on with that is being able to change the narrative though, that a woman who is strong and confident is arrogant, right? We think that a, a woman walking in with big shoulders and is strong can be, you know, referred to as somebody less than pleasant. And so I think that when we one-to-one get to show up as confident, we are teaching others and those behind us that showing up into a room, knowing who you are is who a woman should be. This is not something that should not be normalized. And being confident doesn't mean all knowing doesn't mean I'm better than you. Doesn't mean that we should have comparative suffering. Doesn't mean any of those things. Being confident is having clarity in that I know who I am and I know my purpose. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to prove to you I'm right. doesn't mean I'm trying to dissuade you, but it means that I'm going to show up and be myself. And I think that the more that we show up in that way, pure intention comes out and the authenticity comes out because I'm not trying to win at something. And that idea is strong because also as women, a big problem is that we don't lift each other. That's the big issue. And that makes me crazy. I know that's something that you, obviously you are a huge supporter and lifter of women and we need to do more of it. And it's okay for me to say, wow, I'm not where you are. In fact, I'm jealous and I'm envious and I feel like junk about myself, but I can support you. And, and there's room for me. There's room for all of us. And this competitive nature needs to be channeled into how do I support you? How do I lift you? And it's okay if I feel bad about myself. Isn't that natural? That, that's okay. And calling that out and the narrative for women, I would love to continue it to be like, how do I support you? What can I do? And so I know that's a, a roundabout answer for you, but the problem is we quiet our own voices and our power then is silenced because we're worried about showing into a room too bold, too aggressive, too anything. Guess what? We need to like shut all that down. Please show up as you, whatever that is. Maybe you're quiet. Maybe you're, but this constant evaluation of how the outside world needs me to show up is what makes us do this and crouch over and be like, I'm so paralyzed because I don't know what you want from me. Do you want me to show you my vulnerable side so you're relatable to me and you like me? Do you want me to, which is why I'll go back to social media. I show up for me. I show what I want to show. And if you don't like it, then don't follow me. I'm showing the real deal, but the real deal is not defined by you. The real deal isn't that I'm going to show you my messy life with four kids so you relate to me. That doesn't give me joy. My joy is showing fashion, colors, experiences with my family. That's for me. If I start showing up for you, 
I've lost myself. You know what I'm saying? It's because there's this thing that's happening in society, which is if I show you the raw me, which is like when I look, whatever, quote unquote, not my greatest self because I have no makeup on and I don't, then you'll relate to me and you'll like me. And I call BS to all that. You show me how you walk through joy in life. And if you want to story tell that to me, great. But you know what I'm saying? Like, because oh, I've had yes. people say to me like, oh, because my husband's a photographer. And if you do go onto my Instagram, we do a lot of shoot. That is our joy. It is how my husband and I connect. My children love it. I don't need to explain to you. And if you think it's performative so that you tell me that you think my family is attractive, then you don't know me. And so what would happen by that narrative is then suddenly I take away my joy, which is I'm not going to do that anymore because I'm afraid what you think of me. Right. And so sorry for the long story here, but, but, but it really plays out and it cuts away at us. Mm-hmm. That everything we do, like, oh, I don't want to show a picture of this meal I made because I don't want people to think like, I think I'm a great cook or I don't want, like, I want it to all go away. Mm-hmm. Show me what you want to do in your life. And if I know you, I'm going to see the joy and that joy bounces to me. And that's a gift. Please don't show up in another way. And again, it's so hard. I use social media as the example, because that's what I feel like a lot of times women are talking about showing up con- confidently with. And before we're even out of the gate, we've shut ourselves down because I've thought about what you're going to think of me. And then where am I? It's true. And uh, yeah, you're, I just, I love this conversation because I was just having a conversation with another person about trauma bonding and how you, you touched on this, that we have to show the ugly parts of our lives so that we can bond through, oh, she is struggling with her four kids too. And that, so all of a sudden now we're creating a relationship based on our bond through pain mm-hmm. versus you being like, maybe I'm mirroring something for you. I, that's what you did for me. Your mm-hmm. fashion, your style was so so special and unique. And I love that. And I had lost a piece of that in my own brand and who I was because I was trying to be too professional and slick. I'm just owning it. I have no problem being real about these things because they're all lessons. And what I appreciate about you is that you do, I can see that you think to yourself, this is who I am and this is what I have to offer. And my community will show up and be brought in because they'll see it for and celebrate it alongside of me. I mean, there's such a fear. And I will tell you, every time I post, I'm fearful that my story will be misunderstood. Mm. So when I share my TEDx journey, it's not because I want hero bells and for you to clap for me and tell me that I'm amazing. I don't need any of that personally. I'm telling this from my heart. I'm already proud of myself. I know the work is there. So when I share a story, it's because I want to say, you can do this too. And I have nothing special. It's just me here. But if I show you the outcome on the red dot, you don't know all the in-between. And the in-between is how we live. The in-between is the important part. And for me, that's the story I want to tell. Now, again, not everybody is either worthy or deserving of your story. But for me, that's important. It's important that you see that I'm writing every day in the drive through line at Starbucks in my notes. I don't get to light a candle and put music on and then just write all day long. Like my life doesn't work that way. So my point in sharing that is that when we shut down our own stories, we don't connect. So I always say to myself, my intention with this story is, is X, Y, Z. And ultimately I will then get flooded with, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that. I felt that, or I didn't know, I don't know when I'll learn, but I'm nervous every time Mm. because I don't want somebody to misunderstand that I'm actually really trying to be of service here. And so it's so powerful because women all have something to share, right? 
all have a story, all have, whatever it is, it's important. And somebody's going to resonate with someone else. I may say the exact same things, be confident, be you, but somebody, I don't speak to them, but somebody over here says the same thing. And it's like a lifeline for someone else. And if we don't give oxygen to our own stories, we're shutting down, right? And so that to me goes back to the ultimate thing that takes confidence. It takes a lot of, to be brave enough to share who you are and for people to see you. And I don't mean see you defined by how they want to see you. There are some nuggets in that. Ooh, oxygen to your story. That is might be a line you're going to hear me repeat. That's genius. Mm-hmm. And also showing up how is what well what's real for you, what makes you feel good versus showing up and oh, what's going to be the outcome? Will they like me? Will I get comments? Will they engage? Let's release that and know that that will happen organically when we are really being our fullest version. Oh, I love that permission. Otherwise, don't you find it truly exhausting? Like if I had to think about my week ahead and how do I show up on Instagram so you will like me, that would terrify me. But instead I said, how do I want to show up with this joyful for me? Well, what's happening for me today? I'm working and I like to show people that I'm working, not so that you give me hero bells, but so that you understand that it's a part of my every day and it's real and I have to pay bills and I have a livelihood but I also want to be around for my kids. So I want to show those joys because that makes me happy. I don't cook. So you're never going to see food, but you're going to see lots of sugar. It's what I do. And those things give me joy, right? And so again, if I just said, look, I just want to get to know you. And so I want to see, if I don't want to see the muffin you're eating, then I shouldn't be on your feet. Otherwise I should want to see that. What's Jen doing today? Like I actually want to see it. Again, I don't mean to harp on social media, but it's right now a platform that has such visibility. And and that's a cornerstone of how women show up today. It really is this idea of how do I get to walk through life today in this moment and feel good about myself? Not tomorrow, not next week, because today, tomorrow's not promised. All I got is right here. So I got to feel good about now. And I don't know what next is. Be hopeful. I love women and I just want to release them from so much of the anxiety they carry about just being themselves and being seen. I actually have a quote right here on my desk and it says, your visibility is required to fulfill your mission. And I know too, Mm -hmm. being a mentor as well, and we would probably share this experience is how many women are so petrified of being seen for all the reasons you just gave us, you know, of judgment of what if I'm not enough and posture syndrome comes up. And then this constant worry of what they look like. I mean, I, I am guilty of that. There's times where I don't have my makeup on and I think, oh, I can't go on stories. I don't, I don't look the part. And we get in our own way all the time. And these beautiful missions that have been placed on our hearts are not fulfilled because we are constantly hiding in fear of being judged. I mean, it's so very real. And and you can pinpoint everything from something that happened in second grade to a comment somebody made to you at Target. Right. They're damaging. And it all adds up to who we are. And for me, it's not until you can take the pause and make a reflection of like, okay, I'm feeling like this. Why do I feel like this? And what do I want to do about it? And then we like nick away at it. You know, it's funny. I had somebody talk a little bit about some of the work that we do in my community. And she just said, these are all just subtle shifts I've noticed over my life in six months. There's nothing dramatic. 
it's not like all of a sudden you wake up and you're confident, right? Like that doesn't, I'll never say like, there's like three steps to greatness. Like it doesn't work that way. Right. But it's tiny. And I wish I had, you know, the, the fairy dust, but I just don't think it works that way. And again, it's not manageable all the ways that we think that we are supposed to be. No one is. Yeah. I want to bring it back to even you speaking about lifting other women because something's coming up that I think you're really talking about here is so often when we look at someone like yourself or someone we admire and and really inspire to be more like, which is not a bad thing. That's good. Inspiration's great. What that is, is that person showing you a mere reflection of what is your capacity, what you're capable of, what is possible for you. But the same thing goes for judgment and criticism and jealousy. I often, I didn't know this, and this is one of those things, oh, if I only knew, but I learned it in the last few years is when people are critical or judge or are envious, which comes out in really ugly ways, unfortunately, but that's just how it goes all the time, not even sometimes, all the time, it is a mere reflection. You are being something to them that is triggering and not triggering in a negative way. I honestly believe it's actually pure that they're thinking, oh my goodness, maybe not even thinking. I take that back. Subconsciously thinking, could I look at her confidence when she entered that room? I don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so we're mirroring to them what's possible. Do you agree with that? Oh, I so do. And again, we all need each other for that mirror. I don't care who you are. Oprah needs a mirror. We all need it, right? And so I I think though, it's the ability to understand that whatever it is that's your gift, your the way you show up in life, whatever it is, is just yours. And if you could mind that and not someone else's. So when somebody will say, I want to be like that person, it's like, okay, well, no, you're inspired by XYZ. What's that for you? And because how much better is it to try to understand our own treasures than for me? to try to be you. That's so difficult. And I will always fail, right? But I think you talking about the mirror to me is just so important because it's also why we just even have friendships, right? It's like, you may plant a seed of an idea for me and I'll be like, oh, you think so? Like, wow, you think I could do that? And suddenly we see it and it becomes reality, which is why there's such an importance of like your podcast of showing people what's possible, showing women that, you know, you dream and you dream a little bigger. And then instead of saying, you know, I can't believe that happened to me, of course it happened to me. Yeah. I mean, as you're speaking, I'm visualizing myself in my most confident way. And I always use the term peaceful confidence. There's something about that for me that really resonates this idea. It's almost like an Audrey Hepburn entering the room where you can tell her shoulders are back. She is confident in who she is, but there's also this steadiness, this peaceful Mm -hmm. gentleness about her. That is my like ultimate desire. And so I know so much of that though comes through inner work. You're talking about this. You're doing a great job of describing this for women, because I think we feel like if I put on an outfit and I do my hair and I throw my shoulders back and I act as if that's confidence. And I I'm here to suggest, and I would love to know your take on this is so much of it comes from the digging in that hard inner work and the revealing of those shadows, the lights can come in and just show you that it's all okay. And then when you work through that, who you become the evolution, oh, the emergence of this beautiful woman that understands she's not broken. I could just listen to you all day. You know, I feel the exact same way. And I always say, relax into your greatness. That's what I always say. Like, relax into that. Right. And 
again, I think age, seasons of life, I think it's all of it. But I do think it starts with what you just said, which is a sheer recognition that I want more for myself. And if I want more for myself, I need to do the, the reflection and whatever that means. And I will also say, don't do anything alone. Find your people, whatever it might be, because we are surrounded by, you know, incredible human beings that help us with the energy that we need. And so I think your idea about like this peaceful confidence, I hope that that's where I sit today. But I'll tell you, I've done a lot of work on myself and I'm still going to continue. But the example I will give you is when people ask us questions about future things, it immediately puts up like our tentacles, right? So so if somebody says to me, so what's going to happen after September in your TED Talk? Like, what are you doing with it? And what are you, instead of me enjoying the moment of now, which is the writing, the imagining, I'm now focused on what happens after and what if I don't blow it out of the water? Or what if it sucks? Or what if I do nothing with it? Or what if I, I want none of that? I want today, which is, wow, how do I feel about my draft? What's going on with it? Am I sharing my work? I have completely stopped with the outcomes of things because for me personally, they tend to only stress me out. I have to relax into my greatness and know if I operate with pure heart and intention, with my message, with the work I'm doing, whatever comes and it's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what will happen with the membership group I have. I don't know about book number two. I don't, I have no idea, but today I'm talking to you. What an honor. I'm sharing hopefully with other women that their heads are shaking yes. And then I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to say to myself, how do I step into my messaging in the way that's right for me? And I'm just going to go from there. And I, I'm not trying to simplify or minimize, but that is for me a peaceful way to live, to appreciate where I am today. And that's got to be enough because anything bigger than that to me doesn't give me a healthy state of being. And I don't mean you shouldn't be smart and have strategies and all the things, but I just mean figuring out for you what it means for you to be successful every day in your own well-being is key. So if somebody like me planning it out, no, it doesn't work for me, but it might work for you. Right. But I only know that because I did the work yeah, and yeah. I didn't say, I want to be like Jen. So I'm going to do what Jen does. It doesn't work like that. That's why we're forced into doing things the way other people do them. It's like, okay, if let's say I want to start a podcast, which I don't. And I'm like, well, Jen's so successful. I want to do everything she did. Well, of course, it's smart for me to mine what you did that was smart, but you should always do something your own way. And we need permission to do that all the time. Where do we get that permission? Well, I hope we get the balance of it from ourselves more than others, but that takes work. What are your daily practices for maintaining this beautiful energy you have in this beautiful, I don't know, there's just a great energy, a vibe. What do you do? I see you right on your whiteboard every morning. I love that. What are the, some of those things that you well, do? The whiteboard was born out of the pandemic because my children go to Montessori and they write the date. That's what they do. So when they started homeschooling, that's what we did. And that with the diffuser became the morning routine. I don't know why, but again, like I'll use that as an example. I didn't say wow, I should develop a cadence on social media that I do every day. It's like, no, that was real. That was born there. And so I will start that. But I will say one of the things to protect my own energy is that I get up before my house does. So I get up every day about five and I need that to center myself. I wish I was a big meditator. I'm working on that. I'm not very good at stillness. I'm working on that. But I do know that for me to clear the noise, 
I need to have that space where I don't think somebody needs me. And that's only when they're sleeping. So I realize that that's precious time for me. That sets my energy because I'm able to sort of come downstairs. And even though nobody in my house is demanding for me, I don't have babies. My smallest is nine. I can set the tone for myself. And that's everything. I agree. I'm a mama of four and that, that morning, it's like a holy time. There's something so sacred and beautiful. And I remember being told once, oh, that's such a masculine practice. And I, I skipped out of it because I was really resisting the masculine. I I was so out of touch with my feminine energy. So when that was told to me, I was like, oh, I I must sleep in. I have to be feminine. But what I what I realized by leaving it behind and bringing it back in was this is my most feminine time. I can light a candle. I can write in a journal. I can put on some music and savor my coffee. That is beautiful for me because I can't say that my whole day runs like that. And I have those spaces of time. Yeah. So I love that you practice that as well. And I always will say that no one's ever going to create time for you or space. And I used to operate with this badge of busyness that I, a little martyr-esque, I would say. And now I'm not proud of that. You know, now I'm really to the point of my time should be sacred and I shouldn't apologize for that. And I, I want to be a good role model for my kids. Like, and so again, that's just something that I've really worked on, which is I want to be present and no one's going to hand that card to me because there, nobody's busier than anybody else. We all have so much going on, but when you prioritize your day and you do an audit, you'll see very quickly what's important to you. It's not, it's not a surprise. No, it's not. And how I think that's such a beautiful point. It's something I teach. I love personal leadership. I think how we lead ourselves is really how we can lead others and our companies and businesses we're growing. So I love that you say that and, and just acknowledging, oh, you know what? I am scrolling a lot. And that is creating a busy feeling when really it's completely unproductive and I'm missing things. I mean, you're just literally looking down, look up and what could you take in and savor and enjoy? Well, and like I said, it all just comes down to what's the life you want to design for yourself, right? And there should have, there's no good, bad or what's right or what's wrong, but what makes you the happiest and then try to do it. I mean, sounds simple, but it's not. Because what ends up happening then is by virtue of you leading the life that you want, the judgments come in and then suddenly you are lost again because of all the noise. And so starting off small with just like, how do I add more joy to my every day? And what do I like? What do I not like? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? And I always hope to have that hunger and thirst for that because I want to really have every single day for me be be of substance for myself. Mm, I love that. Be of substance. Oh, Christina, I could just like sit here all day with you. Tell me what is your favorite part of you? My favorite part of me is just how hard I love. Mm. I don't know another way to operate. I mean, it's also, they always say your strength is your weakness. The amount that I love, I don't know is normal. It consumes me. And I've really worked on that too, which is to not carry the emotional burdens of others, but it is everything I I do in my life is led with such an enormous amount of love. Mm, I feel it. I Mm. feel it. I feel your love and compassion and you're right. There is a level of responsibility to also guard that and protect it. That is not an easy thing. Working on it, Jen, working on it. No, (laughs) it is not. 
I joke around that like I have these like Elsa arms of like pushing things away, like what's mine, what's yours? Like that is not mine. But I, I like to say too that I share sort of with my community, my friends, you'll always get me in the heat of the moment, right? I share what I'm walking, right? Like what I'm where I'm actually at today is sort of the messages you'll get from me. Cause again, I don't have it all figured out. So I really try to share where I am at today. Thank you for that. I feel that. And I want everybody to go and and follow you, not only for your heart, your compassion, your leadership, but also to champion you as you get ready for your TEDx, because this is a big deal. I told you before we hit record, one of my goals and desires in my life is to accomplish that and and do something like that. So I am just living vicariously through you. you. I would help you do anything. That's like, like you, the biggest joy is paying it forward. So where can they find you? Because I want them to go check you out. Oprah meets Gucci. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Just my handle is at Christina Glickman. And, you know, everything lives there for me. Everything from my book to my membership community to one-on-one coaching to all of it. So just there. Everything lives there. Super easy. Yeah. And it's just, it's a beautiful space. It's creative. It's lovely. You are a gift. You are a leader that I am so grateful to celebrate and witness. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for teaching women confidence and teaching us today how to really step into that and to be really take radical responsibility. That's what I learned through you is this radical responsibility for owning who I am, being true to that and showing up in the world as that and that being enough. Oh, goodness. I mean, I feel truthfully, what a gift for me to now be on this journey with you and to sort of see how you continue to shape the narrative for women. Mm -hmm. And we need each other and it starts one by one. And that's it. And that's what you're doing. So I'm so, so grateful. Thank you. How are you going to be iconic today? I think I'm going to be uh, iconic in the sense of the, the legacy that I leave for my children. That's what comes to mind for me, which is without a doubt, if I weren't to make it till tomorrow, the gift I've left for my children in becoming who they are is solidified. I'm done. Check the box. Christina. Yeah. I know. It makes me want to cry just saying that, but it's my life's work. It's my life's work is growing these human beings. And the only way to do that is to model it and walk the walk. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. That's, that's a big one. And any mom or anybody, anybody in relationship that, that just, that spoke to them. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here. I love you, friend. Oh, I love you too. I'm excited for what's next for both of us. Me too. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing. And allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together, they all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there, make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know 
I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you. And I just want you to make it a great day.